0: Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death, and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. This is Julie, your host, and I'm so delighted you could be with us. It is the day before Thanksgiving, and I'm pre-recording this show as a solo act this week, because when we normally record the show on Thursday nights, we're going to be doing Thanksgiving, as hopefully most of you will be as well. So what I decided to do this week is just to answer questions that have been submitted online. They, They are getting very backed up, and I try and answer as many as I can during our weekly show But sometimes we have a bunch of callers and I don't have enough time to answer these. So I thought this would be a good occasion to kind of catch up on this. The reason I do this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people around the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. And it's such a wonderful part of my week every week to do this and to talk to people who call in so let's go ahead and get going with these questions they're all across the board most of them are from america some of them are from europe and the first one is from victoria and she's in london england and she asks hi julie just listen to your halloween special I find all your podcasts fascinating and very uplifting. Can I please submit the following question? Thank you for those kind words. She goes on to say, I recently found out that a school girlfriend of mine has been diagnosed with terminal cervical cancer. Lucy, that's her friend, has suffered with mental health problems for much of her life and unfortunately we have lost contact over the past few years. Myself and a couple of other good friends have tried contacting Lucy by writing and calling and have only been able to speak to her mother, who doesn't seem very pro-us having contact with her. I contacted her brother, who is the opposite. He really wants us to see Lucy, and he stated she would love to see us. He felt we could be good for her, as she isn't really in contact with anyone. We would dearly love to see and support her in any way needed, but I wondered if you can ask her if she wants us in contact, and how best we go about contacting her if she does want us around. Also, if she will let you, can you see how far along her cancer is? Perhaps I could help her with some homeopathy. With love, Victoria. And here's my response. Hi, Victoria. So sorry to hear about your friend, Lucy. In order to find her, I connected with you, then through you, to Lucy. She gave me permission to scan her. Lucy's cancer is systemic and has metastasized throughout her entire body. Interestingly enough, however, she is not dying. Lucy's very touched. You and your friends care about her and want to see her, and she'd very much like to see all of you. She said the best way for that to happen would be to make arrangements for a time to meet with her through her brother. She also told me she'd be willing to try your homeopathy remedies. Lucy said at this point she'd be willing to try anything. Always remember, with regard to Lucy or anyone else, just because a doctor says an illness or disease is terminal, it doesn't mean it actually is. Doctors' opinions are just that, opinions. The medical journals are full of stories about patients who've healed from terminal illnesses. Now, I believe the vast majority of doctors are well-meaning and literally do their best to help their patients heal. I also believe we're all in control of our lives and determine what happens to us. We need to think of doctors as advisors and make decisions about our lives based on what feels right to us. Blessings to you, your friends, and especially Lucy couple of comments on that one. First of all, for those of you who are just joining us for the first time, what I do is I raise my vibrational level to spirit, which means I vibrate at a very fast pace, and I'm able to connect with people around the world. I can scan people energetically through this connection. I can see broken bones, torn ligaments, viral infections, bacterial infections, cancer, all kinds of ailments like that. It's almost like I have a big screen TV in my head and I can see x-rays, MRIs, those kinds of medical tests, but I see them in my head, first of all. Secondly, I do this, I turn on this ability at will. It takes me a nanosecond to do it and I don't go around scanning people because number one, I don't believe it's ethical to do that without their permission. Number two, I I don't really want to know. And number three, it's really none of my business. So can you imagine if I was in a crowd of people and I was getting all this information on everybody in the crowd? That would be a little overwhelming, a lot overwhelming. (laughs) So I don't do it. The other thing about this point about doctors, doctors do the best they can with the information and the knowledge they have at the time. I believe that it's up to us to research research things that are going on with our bodies if our body's out of whack. And there's so much information online now that you can get all kinds of different opinions, but pay attention when you read something or when you hear something. How does it feel? Does it feel legitimate to you or do red flags go up in your head? Does it feel like, eh, I'm just not so sure this makes sense? Pay attention to that, because that's divine guidance, guidance, and that's never going to steer you in the wrong direction. So take the information from the doctors, take the information that you find in research, and take the information that your body and mind give you when you're reviewing all of this stuff, and then make an informed decision. Okay, next question is from Nancy, and Nancy lives in New York City. And she says, Hello, Julie, I was a caller on your show last Thursday. You said my deceased brother Barney told you he came to me in order to prepare me for something to do with an anniversary. For the life of me, during our conversation, I couldn't think of any upcoming anniversaries. But once I got off the phone, it dawned on me, it's my husband's and my anniversary on December 12th. If you have any follow-up to this, I would love to hear it. And if you're able to answer another question, please ask my dog to stop barking so much. We've had him for a year now and love him, but boy, he barks if the phone or the doorbell rings, if we sing or dance, if the cat fights or play, cats fight or play, etc. Sometimes he even comes over to me and starts barking at me because he wants me to chase him. And he won't stop until I do. I think he's a triple Aries. Any insight would be greatly appreciated. I want to let you know that I appreciate all you do. Thank you and blessings. And here's my response. Hi, Nancy. When we spoke last week, I mentioned there was a good chance you'd figure out what your brother was referring to. I'm so glad you did. In order to get an answer for you, I reconnected to you and then to your brother, Barney. Barney's deceased. Remember, Barney's deceased. So... I can connect to deceased people, spirits. I can connect to people who were alive. I can connect to animals. It's just all the same. It's just all energy. All right, back to my answer. In order to get an answer for you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he wants you to make your anniversary celebration extra special this year. When I asked why, he said for me to tell you to, quote, trust him on this. Barney's demeanor was the same this time as it was when we spoke with him last week. He had a big smile on his face and looked like he was enjoying knowing things you don't. It was a typical smirk that a big brother would have that you know, na-na-na-na-na, I know something you don't, and it, which was hilarious that he's coming through like that even in spirit form. In any event, at this moment in time, I don't get any foreboding feelings about the future of your marriage or the health of either you or your husband. Maybe it's just time for you to ramp up the anniversary celebrations. Perhaps you could have a romantic dinner followed by a stroll in New York City to see the Christmas decorations, especially the Macy's holiday windows you mentioned during our call last week. Now, Regarding your dog, he told me he has extra sensitive hearing and loud noises frighten him. Wonderopolis.org says, quote, Not only can dogs perceive frequencies almost twice that of human ears, they can also hear sounds approximately four times farther away than humans. That's probably why when dogs start barking Uh, And we can't see what they're barking about. We think, oh, you know, is something out there? And usually there is. And that happens with spirits too, by the way. Animals, especially cats. Cats are really perceptive to spirits when they're present. And dogs, some dogs too. And they'll let us know, hey, something's up. And they're hearing something or they're seeing something that we can't perceive with our human senses. Back to my answer. The website went on to say, frequencies inaudible to humans can cause pain for your dog. With that in mind, I wondered if I could possibly help alleviate the discomfort your dog is experiencing with the hope of reducing the frequency of his barking. After connecting with him, I watched a healing occur via an energetic surgical procedure. I saw a thin membrane installed over your dog's eardrums. This procedure is intended to, in essence, turn down the volume of what your dog hears. Hope it helps. Worst case scenario, buy a set of dog earphones for him to use. I know they exist. My friend Michael is a pilot who puts doggy earphones on his golden retriever when she flies in his private plane with him. Happy anniversary and happy holidays. It's a riot. I, I'll get pictures of Michael when he's flying and he's got this gold sitting in the co-pilot seat with her earphones on. So I don't know where he gets them, but I bet if you ask the Google, you'll find out. Okay, let's see. Tara from Burlington, Vermont asked, Hi, Julie. I have a one-year-old son, and my partner and I have decided to try for a second baby sometime in 2017. We've both had dreams of indicating that this little being might be a girl. I wrote in earlier this year, and you confirmed that there's a baby's energy around me. And since then, it seems that the messages have continued to come in clearly that this baby wants to be born. I was wondering if you could confirm our suspicion about gender or how it plays out in the baby spirit world. Thank you, Julie. I'm grateful for all the joy listening to your show has brought to me this year. And here's my response. Hi, Tara. Great to hear from you. Thanks for your kind comments. The baby's energy, what looks like an orb you see in a photograph, is still above your shoulder and is attached to your energy field. This means the baby's chosen you and your partner as its parents, and it's waiting for the right circumstances to be conceived and ultimately born. At this moment in time, I get, that's in quotes, the baby will be a boy. Remember, future events have many variables that have yet to occur and therefore aren't definite. Free will and other occurrences affect the trajectory of our lives and the lives of those close to us. Regardless of whether you have another boy or a baby girl, this new life will be the perfect addition to your family. Sounds like your holidays this year may be extra fun as you, quote, try for another baby. Big hugs to you and your little family. Couple of points. First one is baby's energies. We all choose our parents before we're conceived, when we're still in spirit form, before we incarnate. And we choose our parents based on where we're going to be born, what the circumstances are that we're going to be born into. And it gives us a basic trajectory of our lives. That's what I was talking about in my answer to Tara. And we have free will, and there are lots of variables out there that can affect that trajectory. But we have a broad brushstroke of we're here to be involved in humanitarian efforts with animals. That would be an example. Or we're we're here to, in my case, invent surgical devices for orthopedic surgery that will be sold around the world that can help people with pain, relieve pain, cure Problems and help them heal better, faster. And that was one of the trajectories of my life, obviously, because I was in that industry for 35 years. Um, Somebody else may be the trajectory of their life is they're born to be a classical uh, pianist who performs around the world. And so they're born to parents, perhaps, who can give them the advantages that somebody that's going to have that kind of career are going to have. So we all choose our parents. And before we're conceived, our energy, as it appears to me, looks like a ball of light. looks like an orb that you see in a family photograph or in another kind of photograph especially with digital cameras digital cameras are really good at capturing orbs and I have people send me pictures all the time and they'll say can you see all these orbs and who are these spirits <clears throat> and I'll be able to say that's grandma that's whomever the other thing is it reminds me and I, I love this analogy it reminds me of Glenda the good Witch, In The Wizard of Oz, when she flies in and out of Munchkin Land, she comes in on a ball of light that looks like an orb. I think that's so cool because that's how baby's energy looks. And it hovers around the shoulder, on top of the shoulder of the mother before it's conceived. If it's twins, I'll see two balls of energy there. Um, Interestingly enough, it also attaches to the field of adopted mothers before they're conceived. So the spirit's over the shoulder of the birth mother, it's also over the shoulder of the adopted mother, adoptive mother, future adoptive mother. And so people said to me, well, how can that be? How can it be in two places at the same time? My answer to that is, we're made, I believe, in the image and likeness of God. That's in the Bible. And most people take that to mean that God looks like human, Or we humans look like God, who looks like a human. How I take that is, God is spirit. God is energy. We are made in the image and likeness of God in spirit form, in energy form. So if God, or the universe, or source energy, whatever you want to call it, can be everywhere at the same time, and we're made in the image and likeness of that, It makes sense to me that we can be in multiple places at the same time in spirit form. And that's what I see over and over again. Somebody who's deceased, their spirit's going to be with children, grandchildren, spouses, other family members all at the same time. And it works that way with babies too. The other thing about when I say at this moment in time, you'll hear me say that a lot when I'm talking about future events. Events. And how that works is we have this basic trajectory, what I was talking about a minute ago. We have this basic trajectory of what our lives are going to be. But there are lots of pathways to get to that. And those pathways are determined on what our decisions are. That's part of what we call free will. It's also determined on lots of other variables, like what's the decision of somebody else What's the decision of, for instance, a government or a parent or a co-worker? I mean, there there's so many variables that come into play in, in future events that it's pretty rare that you can predict a future event with 100% accuracy. We can predict stuff that's happened. We can talk about what's happened and stuff that's happening right now because They're set. But future events have so many variables that it's almost impossible, I would say, fairly, pretty much impossible for a human to predict what's going to happen in the future with 100% accuracy. Now, we can get pretty close, but that's why I'll always hedge something in the future and say, at this moment in time, this is what I'm getting. But remember, it can change. And the reason I say that is because of all those variables. Okay. Next, we have Cherie from Bozeman, Montana, and Cherie says, Hi, Julie. I look forward to hearing your show. My dog, Dooleywags, isn't that a great name? My dog, <laughs> Dooleywags, is having trouble getting up these days. Anything I can do to help. He's a 12-year-old border collie. Also, I'm having difficulty releasing weight, although I eat very healthy. Any suggestions? Thank you, Cherie. And here's my response. Hi, Cherie. First, I connected to you and then to your dog, Dollywags, and I put in parentheses, great name, His joints are very inflamed and arthritic. I applied anti-inflammatory energy to reduce his pain and got, again in quotes, it'd be helpful helpful for you to add vitamin E to his food. Since I'm not a veterinarian, I asked the Google and found the following information. According to WholeDogJournal.com, to treat canine osteoarthritis, first and foremost is to utilize fish oil. It's a source of the omega-3 fatty acids EPA and DHA, which reduce inflammation and provide other benefits to the body. The site also recommends supplementing with vitamin E and has dosage recommendations listed. As for you, do your best to eat one-ingredient foods, beef, chicken, fish, an apple, an avocado, etc. The more ingredients a food has, especially ingredients we can't pronounce, the less healthy it is. So what I mean by that is when you're having dinner, eat some kind of protein, you know, a steak or a piece of chicken or whatever. Eat another one ingredient, like a sweet potato, eat another one ingredient like broccoli and eat another one ingredient, perhaps some other kind of vegetable or a salad. You know, you put stuff in a salad, use one ingredient ingredients in the salad. Use lettuce, use tomato, use whatever. What I'm getting is stay away from processed foods, which have 50 million different ingredients in them. And a lot of those ingredients are chemicals and we can't even pronounce what they are. If you can't pronounce it, It's not something you need to put in your body. Okay, then I went on to say, you may also want to go to bulletproof.com forward slash diet to download a free food chart of what to eat and also, check out Dr. Mike, Mark Hyman's Eat Fat, Get Thin book. Dr. Hyman, and Hyman is spelled H-Y-M-A-N, is head of Functional Medi- the Functional Medicine Department at the Cleveland Clinic and has researched and written extensively on the benefits of a whole food diet. Hope you and Mr. Doodlywags have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Okay, couple of points. Mark Hyman and uh the bulletproof dot com guys, and a lot of the new research that's coming out is basically eat whole food. Whole food is one ingredient food. It's grown, you pick it out of the ground, you pick it off a tree or it walks, swims, flies, something like that. It's either grown or it's a you know it's some kind of an animal that we eat, obviously. Get the best quality food you can get, Cherie. Get organic as much as you can. Buy free-range chicken, organic free-range eggs. Buy um, grass-fed or pastured. That means animals that are raised in a grass grassy pasture and are eating grass. Get beef and pork and lamb and that kind of stuff, pastured food. Butter get grass fed butter there's a type of butter called uh, Kerrygold you can get it at Costco and big um packages with several sticks i bought a bunch of that for the holidays for thanksgiving because i'll be cooking and uh that butter is going to be healthy for you regular butter is going to have all kinds of different chemicals in it that the body doesn't recognize that can cause problems so try and eat as healthy as you can i heard an analogy on a podcast recently that said calories are not identical you know a A 100-calorie Twinkie is not going to be the same as a 100-calorie organically grown apple. The Twinkie has a shelf life of 25 years and is made of chemicals that we can't pronounce, and the apple grew in an organic orchard that you're going to eat. So your body's going to react differently to those. Also, when I get information, when I say I got or I get, what happens is information just comes into my head. For instance, with this dog, Mr. wags, I got that he needs more vitamin E in his food. Well, since I'm not a vet, I don't know that that cor- whether or not that correlates. So what I'll do is I'll go research it. And say, you know, vitamin E, uh, dog arthritis. And then I'll get a lot of information up and I'll read it. And I would say pretty much 100% of the time, there will be something there that will reference the information that I'm being given in my head. So when you hear me say, I got this, or I got this answer, that's what I'm talking about. We do this show every Thursday night, except on Thanksgiving, and, uh, which is tomorrow, and it's at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific. The call-in number is 712-770-4160, and the access code is 533 pounds I don't expect you to remember all those numbers. Just go to my website, askjulieryan.com, and if you go down to the bottom of the homepage, you'll see all this call-in information. Also, when you're on my website, sign up for the newsletter. I send it out once a week, usually either Wednesday or Thursday. It has all this call-in information in the body of the email, and it has a question that somebody has submitted online, and it'll take you less than a minute to read it. But it's somebody's question and my answer, which is usually a fun read, usually something fun to read. And then um, and you'll get a reminder, too, <clears throat> to call into the show. If you submit a question online, I'll do my best to get to it eventually. If you call me, I'm going to get to it right away because I'm going to take people who've taken the time to call into the show on Thursday nights when we record it, and I'm going to answer your question when we're taping. The other thing is we tape the show on Thursday nights, and then it's uploaded onto the Internet, usually on Saturdays. So you can download it on demand through iTunes, Stitcher, a bunch of different outlets. You can listen to it on the network. You can find it on my website, asJulieRyan.com. You'll see a tab for podcasts and all of them are listed up there. Also, when you're on my website, schedule an appointment with me and then we'll have a whole hour to talk about anything you want to talk about. We can talk to your deceased loved ones. We can scan you medically. We can talk to your dogs and find out what's going on. We can Do whatever you want. Get information on um, choices or decisions that you need to make. I I like to say, well, ask the spirits and beyond. My son, Jonathan, who, by the way, flew home yesterday from L.A. I was delighted. We were delighted to pick him up at the airport. Thrilled to have him home for the Thanksgiving holiday for a few days. Um, When he was little, he used to say, mommy, ask the spirits and beyond. So it's just kind of stuck. So let's go back. Let's go back to the spirits and beyond here with a question from Phyllis. And Phyllis leaves, lives in Galway, Ireland. And she asked, Hi, Julie. Whenever I exercise or my heart rate increases due to physical exertion, my skin becomes blotchy red. It's as if the blood comes to the surface. Also, when playing sports, I develop a red, itchy rash all over my body, which fades away once I cool down. Have you any idea what the cause of this could be? I feel fine otherwise. I would be grateful if you could help in any way. Thanks. And here's my response. Hi, Phyllis. When I got you on my radar and scanned you, I got, that's what I was talking about, that you need to increase your vitamin E intake. Well, isn't that interesting? Okay, we just got that with the dog. Uh, I also believe some of your symptoms are exaggerated because of your fair complexion. Remember, she's Irish. She lives in Ireland. So we assume she probably has a fair complexion. Vitamin E helps to strengthen the capillary walls in your skin and to improve moisture and elasticity. Studies have shown that vitamin E helps to reduce inflammation both within your body and on your skin. Some foods that, when eaten, can increase your vitamin E levels are... Sunflower seeds, almonds, hazelnuts, mango, avocado, butternut squash, broccoli, spinach, kiwi, and tomato. Give it a try and increase your vitamin E levels. Thanks for your question. Now, I researched that because, again, I got that she needed to increase her vitamin E levels. And I didn't know all these different foods increase vitamin E levels. I thought it was interesting, too, that it's a bunch of different food groups. It's um, vegetables and fruit and nuts and things like that. So I th- I thought that was really interesting. So those of us that are eating these things are already, like I ate a lot of broccoli, I ate a lot of avocado, I ate a lot of almonds. Who knew? I do not know. That was helping my vitamin E levels. The other thing, for those of you that are first-time list- listeners, when I talk about i got you on my radar (laughs) what i do when i raise my vibrational level is i close my eyes and i see this laser beam this really hair thin laser beam go from my body and it goes directionally to wherever the person is to hook in with them (coughs) excuse me let me grab a drink of water here so for instance with phyllis (coughs) excuse me I watched this laser beam go from me here, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, and it went northeast and I hooked into her in Ireland. Doesn't matter whether I'm with you in person, I do it, that laser beam, you know, goes a very short distance, Um, or if I'm talking to somebody on the phone, again, I'll see that laser beam go directionally to wherever they are, or if somebody submits a question, I'll hook into them that way and that's what I'm talking about when I say get you on my radar I hook into you I see a connection it's like I can feel it hook in kinesthetically and then I shoot energy from a person's feet up through the top of their head it's almost like I'm plugging in a power source that connects us shoot energy from their feet up through the top of their head and that's when things light up like I talked about before, that it's almost like I'm seeing a an x-ray or a CT scan or an MRI. So that's what happens when I talk about getting somebody on my radar. So thanks, Phyllis. Hope things are good in Ireland. Most of us have busy lives and We know that we're not getting the nutrients and the vitamins and the minerals that we need. So I'm always looking for easy ways to ingest them. I found one, it's called Beam Minerals. And what I find is that most of us don't get enough potassium, magnesium, and calcium. Those are the big three. And so what Beam Minerals does is it's put all these minerals in a liquid form that's easy to drink because it tastes like water. It's got all these important minerals and a whole bunch of other ones. And I find that they're really helpful. They save me time. They're easy to take. And I suggest that you give them a try. Go to Beam Minerals, B as in boy, E-A-M, minerals, plural, dot com, and use the code Julie Ryan, altogether no space, at checkout. And you'll get 20% off your order. That's Beam Minerals, B-E-A-M Minerals.com and use Julie Ryan at checkout and you'll get a 20% discount. Give it a try and let me know what you think. Next question comes from Linda, and Linda lives in Pleasant Hill, California. And Linda asked, Hi, Julie. I recently integrated my kitty, Serena, into a new household with two male cats and gave her the freedom to be an indoor-outdoor cat. In a short time span, she mastered the cat door, and she tolerates the other cats. Most nights, she scales the fence and goes to my neighbor's yard. I know there's another kitty there she's bullied per the neighbor's feedback. The issue is she gets over there but does not seem to know how to return. Most mornings I go to the neighbor's fence, open the door, and she comes running. So the fence must have a a door in it that will open and close as part of the fence structure. I told her she can come and go as she pleases and doesn't need to escape at night to the neighbors. I worry about her. She does not have the skills of an outdoor cat. Last week when she got stuck in a tree, I had to get a ladder and coax her out. Do you know why she's doing this? And if she needs or wants something from me? Thank you, Julie. I so enjoy all the readings you post. And here's my response. Hi, Linda. Hi, Linda. Thanks for those kind words. I ne- connected to Serena, the cat, through you. She is darling. Serena told me she goes next door to play with the neighbor's cat. She also told me she jumps on something, then jumps over the fence. She said there isn't anything in the neighbor's yard to help her get over the fence to come home. So I guess maybe there's a car or uh, some kind of a structure or a tree or something that she can use to it's what I was getting from the cat that she can use to like do the first jump and get elevated. And then she lands on that. And then from that, she jumps into the neighbor's yard. But when she's trying to come home, there isn't anything in the neighbor's yard that can, she can jump on like as her first jump to elevate herself, to jump back over the fence to come home, which I thought was pretty funny when I, when she was telling me this, the cat, when the cat was telling me this. So she went on to I went on to say Serena said that Serena the cat said it would be great if you left the fence gate open at night. This would help her get home after her play date. Otherwise she's very happy with you and her cat brothers. Hope this helps. the information that I get when I'm communicating with animals, especially pets sometimes is just hilarious. And I thought this was really cute that Serena the cat was telling me this stuff, but I also thought, well, this makes so much sense. So when we communicate with our pets, especially if they have behavior that's either driving us nuts or we don't understand, a lot of times we can get get good information from them. So if you have a pet and you need my help, I'm here for you. Okay, next question comes from Carla, and Carla lives in Houston, Texas. And Carla said, Hi, Julie. I've been a huge fan since I came across your podcast several months ago. I'm constantly checking for new shows from you. Oh, thanks, sweet Carla. I appreciate that. She went on to say, I would really like to know about my past life or lives. I sometimes know how things will turn out. How am I able to do that? For example, I've always had a feeling as if I will not live a long life. Could that concern come from my past lives? For example, my daughters were both cesarean babies. Maybe I died giving birth in a past life. Thank you for sharing your tremendous gift with the world. And here's my response. Hi, Carla. Thanks for your question and for those kind words. Everyone, including you, is born with intuitive capabilities. Some of us choose to develop them, and some just notice and or are amazed at the information that randomly enters their minds. It's all divine spiritual guidance. When connecting with you and analyzing your past lives, 67 of them came into view. Now, that doesn't mean that she's only had 67 past lives. It means 67 of them showed up for me to choose which ones I wanted to do. And I'll talk about that more here in a minute. Some interesting ones are, you were a Roman soldier who died on the battlefield in the year 736 B.C. You were a sailor on a Spanish cargo ship and died in 1678 on a voyage to France. You were a Sioux Indian woman who died in what is now Minnesota in 1639. You were a New England woman who died in 1737 while living in what is now New Hampshire. You were a New England... Oh, and I, then I went on to say, I guess for some reason that printed twice. All right? no need to repeat that. Except for the Roman soldier lifetime, you died of natural causes in all of the others mentioned above. By the way... You look like a pilgrim woman in 1737. That was when she was living in New Hampshire. thought that was interesting considering Thanksgiving is next week. Actually, that one really cracked me up because I answered this a few days ago. And then I said, finally, I get, again I get, you will live a long life this time. To further explore your past lives in more detail, please schedule a private session with me at AskJulieRyan.com. It's sure to be a lot of fun. Couple points on past lives. Here's how past lives work for me. We all have past lives. We all live many lifetimes. And we, again, back to that, we choose our parents and the tra- trajectory of our lives before we're conceived and incarnate. We come here to have different experiences, to create. And so maybe one lifetime, like I was saying, we choose we want to be a concert pianist. So we want to create that in that lifetime. And then another lifetime like this with Carla, these examples from Carla, we want to be a Spanish cargo ship person. (laughs) So we create that lifetime. And so it's all a big creative process that we do in all these different past lives. So when I'm working with past lives for somebody, oftentimes somebody will have a situation going on where I'll scan them medically and they'll um uh, we'll get a diagnosis that'll be the first phase. The second phase will be I'll watch some kind of a healing occur. There's always some kind of a healing that occurs when I scan somebody and there's a medical situation. It can be something as simple as I watch a a uh, sore have salve or a bomb put on it i watch anti-inflammatory energy be applied to reduce pain sometimes i see surgeries performed sometimes i've even seen organ transplants performed and there's a difference in the scans afterwards which is really freaks out the doctors it's hilarious when that happens it's not me doing it i believe i'm the vessel i'm the messenger it's the universe god spirits you know, they're all doing it. I'm part of the equation, but it's not something that I do. I believe I'm being led. I believe I'm the vessel where all this healing comes through. The other thing is, whenever there's a some kind of a medical or a psychological issue, there is always, 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 always some kind of a tear or a hole in the person's energy field membrane. Now, let me back up a little bit. Energy field, spirit, soul—it's all the same thing to me. Our energy field is this just just looks like a bunch of light energy. It has a form, and it also has this really thin membrane. It it has the consistency of what I perceive to be kind of like really thin saran wrap. It has a little bit of a rubbery consistency to it, so. With saran wrap, if you held a piece of saran wrap real tightly and you poked your finger in it, you know, it has a little bit of a rubbery feel to it. So if you go back to the paintings of the old masters of Jesus, the saints, the Virgin Mary, whomever, and they have a halo sometimes around their head or sometimes around their whole bodies, that's their energy field, that's their spirit, that's their soul. It's all the same thing. And so through the ages, I I believe that the artists way back in the day could see people's energy fields. And we've just dumbed ourselves down by becoming a scientific uh, community, you know, since that time. And so that's why it's in those paintings. And then throughout the ages, we've just equated that halo, either whether it's a whole body or it's a just a halo around the head we've equated that with somebody holy when in essence we all have halos because we all have energy fields which means we're all holy pretty cool right so when I see that tear I dive into it and I'm shown some kind of a scene of something that's happened from somebody's either current life or their past life and I am shown here's how old the person is here's what they look like here's what they're wearing here's who's with them here's the date And then a little bit about the story. Once we identify that, it represents some kind of a trauma that's happened. It can be something really serious, like the person was attacked, or something really benign, like somebody called them a bad name and hurt their feelings when they were three. I mean, it goes the wide spectrum of that. But I see that tear, that hole start to be repaired. And then the body is operating on full power then, and it helps the body return to homeostasis. Back to, I went down a rabbit hole there, back to Carla from Houston and all these past lives, and she wanted to know about those. What I do when I'm doing a past life event is either I get a hit on it, I get that here's the information from a past life when I'm working with somebody on a medical scan, or I'll get somebody like Carla who will say, you know, is there a correlation here between the fact that I think I'm going to die early and a past life? So I envision myself walking down this very long, endless hallway, and the hallway has square mirrors on either side of it. It's very narrow, and the mirrors are floor to ceiling the ceiling's very tall so I'll envision myself walking down this hallway and I'll ask are there any past lives that pertain to Carla's question and then mirrors will come out from the wall it's almost like there's a hydraulic arm behind them and they'll come out from the wall and if it's one thing in particular I'll say okay is there one in particular that would help Carla at this moment in time and that one comes out even further So envision this long hallway, mirrors. Now some of these mirrors are sticking out from the wall, and there's one that sticks out more than any. So what then I'll do is I'll envision myself walking into that mirror, and again I'll be shown a scene. And it's wild because it will be dates and times and dress. It can be B.C. or, you know, whenever, Um, I've gotten it all across the gamut for people and I'll describe what they're wearing and invariably if it's ancient Rome you know I'll see soldiers like Carlo was a was a Roman soldier in the year 736 BC well I saw this scene of these soldiers with the breastplate and the you know the kind of like mini skirts on and the sandals that that lace up around their calves and the hat, the helmets, they all look like the USC, the University of Southern California Trojans, how they all dress, you know, for their band and stuff. They look like that. And so after I get that, then I'll Google it, and invariably there'll be a picture. I'll Google Roman Soldier 736 BC, and it's a picture of exactly what I've seen in my head. And then I'll get a picture of how the, it's like I'm watching a movie. I'll get a picture of, okay... Carla was a Roman soldier in 736 B.C., and she was killed during a battle. So I'll see her get killed. She, in this case, she got speared with a, one of those big, long spear things that they used to use as a weapon back then. So it's really interesting to do this past life stuff. And invariably, if there's something in a past life that's affecting us in this lifetime, what I'll do then is I'll, is I'll work to clear that energy from that past lifetime, and I'll see this blue haze stuff come out of the person's pores. But then there's usually some kind of a benefit after that happens. And I consider that to be a healing, but it's just a healing that pertains to a past life. A lot of information there on past lives, but it's really interesting when that happens. Okay, here's the next question from Sadie in Powell, Ohio. And Sadie asks, Hi Julie, I lost my dad July 14, 2011 when I was 10. I dreamed about him often after he died and then I gradually stopped having those dreams. Since then, I've been looking into ways of opening up my psychic intuitions and accessing my third eye, hoping to come into some sort of contact with him. I've had readings where they said my dad communicates through flickering lights, easy for me to say, just as a way to tell us he's around and present. Is he, in fact, still around, and is he the reason my lights flicker every now and then? Did he brush the hair out of my face while I was sleeping a few years ago? And, while trick-or-treating, was he the man sitting on the front porch? I got chills, but like before when my hair was brushed from my face, I was comforted. Were these instances indeed him, or was it just my mind playing tricks? I really look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for your time. And here's my response. Hi, Sadie. Sounds like your psychic abilities are getting stronger with age. First and foremost, your dad's spirit is often around you and other family members. You are eternally connected to one another in the non-physical or spiritual reality. With regard to your specific questions, I don't believe your dad is responsible for for flickering the lights, nor was he the man you saw sitting on the front porch while trick-or-treating. She must be referring to when she was trick-or-treating as a child because I can't imagine she's out trick-or-treating as an adult. But maybe she is. Who knows? Okay, I went on to say, he was, however, the one who brushed the hair out of your face. Now, having said that, even though he wasn't the man you saw, he was with you in spirit that Halloween night. This explains why you got the chills and and felt a sense of comfort. Your dad is always available to you, and you can chat with him any time you wish. Just ask him a question in your head. The first thought you get, usually within a second, is his answering you. If you think about an answer for more than a couple of seconds, that's your brain talking, not your dad. The more you practice talking with him or any other deceased loved one, the better you'll get at it. I talk about this a lot. We all have psychic ability. We all have... Uh, intuitive capabilities we're born with them we come in with them that's why little children seem to know things that adults don't because they haven't shut down their psychic or or intuitive i use those words interchangeably abilities so here's how you do it you ask a question in your head and you say you know grandma deceased grandma is it in my best interest to And you finish the sentence. That way, Grandma's going to take in all variables. What's in your best interest? You can also ask specific questions. Grandma, is it better for me to eat this piece of chocolate cake or eat this pumpkin pie? And you'll get an answer. Is it, you know, you can ask any kind of question you want, and you'll get the answer. But it's as fast as it comes into your head. If you think about it for more than a second, that's your brain answering you. The other thing about psychic ability is we all come in with, a, with varying degrees of abilities. Kind of like everybody can sing. Some people sing better than others. Some people are natural singers like Barbara Streisand. She's never taken a singing lesson in her life, and she has an amazing voice for decades. when well, she's almost 70. She still is releasing number one albums. Some people um, are trained to sing, like Renee Fleming, the the famous opera star. She's got her Ph.D. in operatic singing or something like that. And then there are people who sing off-key. So we all have the ability, some to different differing degrees. Same thing with psychic ability. We come in with varying levels of ability. We can enhance it. It's like athletes. You know, you see little kids... And you and, and people will say, oh, my gosh, that child, like my nephew Michael, when he was a baby, we knew that kid was going to be an athlete because he was just well-coordinated. He had great hand-eye coordination. He was fast. He was just – we knew he was, and he was in both high school and college. So everybody can run and play sports. Some are going to be better than the other. Same thing with psychic ability. The more you use it, the better you're going to get at it, the more information you're going to receive. And I consider – psychic information or spiritual information just to be another form of data that we can get i was talking to my friend deborah the other day and she was asking me a question about building a house and she said you know i feel kind of weird asking the spirits for this and i said well the bottom line is it's just another piece of information it's part of your due diligence to help you make decisions you know you can look at spreadsheets you can google information you can ask others opinions you can get divine and psychic information from another realm that knows everything so why not utilize it it's my feeling it's just another form of information to help us make a decision again that goes into the free will and helps affect the trajectory of our lives can you see how all this is intertwined all right Another question here from D. This is from D in Rockville, Maryland. And D asked, Hi, Julie. This past year, I attracted a great friendship and relationship with an amazing man I've known through work for the past six years. I thought he was the, quote, one, end quote. Alas, he's taking a three-year contract in Korea, and so we won't be able to stay together. I'm heartbroken. I'm 39, never been married, and have always wanted to be. Do you have any insight as to what's in store for me in my love life? Will I be able to find a man as good as the one who's leaving? Perhaps someone even better? Any help is appreciated. And here's my response. Hi, D. Hi, Dee. <coughs> Excuse me. It sounds like you had a terrific relationship with Mr. Carrillo while it lasted. If you're truly meant to be together, it'll work out, even if it takes three years. Either way, consider it practice. You got to learn what you liked in a man. Regarding your question about whether you'll be able to find a man as good or better than the one who's leaving, my answer is absolutely. Make a list of all the qualities you want in a partner. Be as imaginative as you can and write down every trait that comes to mind. Then sign and date the paper. Take it out once a week, read the list, and then put it away. In addition, get involved in activities you enjoy, whether that's taking a class, attending a lecture at the art museum, going to a concert, or volunteering for a charity, you need to put yourself in places where you have the opportunity to meet people. I love it when people say, well, I'm attracting a wonderful man into my life. And I'll say, well, great, what are you doing? Are you you involved in... Charities, or do you, you know, how do? What do you do? Where are you going to meet them? They go, well, no, I'm just staying home because they're going to just show up. I'm saying, eh, don't work that way. You got to put some effort into it. Go out with an open mind, but put yourself in positions in order to meet people. Talk to people that you know. Say, hey, um, you know, I'm looking for for a a, a great man in my life. Do you know anybody I need to meet? And not just people your age. Don't ask just them. Ask their parents and their grandparents. They know when they have somebody along who's either a member of their family or a friend who's single that they can introduce you to. You'd be amazed at how many hookups end up having a hookup in a good way. How many relationships come from, um, you know, some parent or some grandparent introducing someone to somebody else who's looking for a partner. You'd be amazed. All right, stay focused on what you want and let go of how your new man will materialize. You may meet someone who sets you up on a blind date. You may meet a man at an event. There are a multitude of possible scenarios. In the meantime, be grateful for all the good things in your life. Stay positive and be happy. This will help you attract the man of your dreams. Most of all, have fun with the process. And then last question. From Peggy in Coker, Alabama, Peggy said, Hi, Julie, my pet is crazy. (laughs) He bites my husband every night as he walks through the bedroom door. What can I do to ease the tension? I thought that was hilarious. She started off with my pet is crazy. Here's my response. Hi, Peggy. First, I connected to you and threw you to your dog. He isn't crazy. He's protecting you. When I asked him why he bites your husband, he told me you weren't safe in the bedroom with him. Your dog has heard you and your husband argue in that same bedroom and is doing what he feels will be the best way to keep him away from you. When I asked what you could do to ease the tension, he suggested, this is the dog suggested, that you put him in a dog crate. He said he'd be okay with sleeping in there. I oh, thought that was interesting. The dog was asking to be put in the crate so he didn't have to protect this woman from her husband if she didn't want him to. If that doesn't work, I suggest you call Caesar the dog whisperer and ask for his advice. Good luck. Have any of you ever seen Caesar the dog whisperer? He's got a show one. I don't even know... Animal Planet or something. And I, my dear friend Angela loves that show. It's her favorite show. So whenever she's visiting me from Columbus, and she's a psychologist, she's a PhD, and that's her favorite show. She always makes me binge-watch Caesar the Dog Whisperer with her. And I enjoy it. So I thought that would be funny for, you know, this dog who's just doing what he's, he thinks he's supposed to to protect his, his lady, his Miss Peggy, um... You know, he's just trying to protect her. So I thought, Colin Caesar the dog whisperer and maybe he can help her if if that doesn't work. Well, I've gotten caught up on some of the questions that have been submitted online. I got a bunch more of them, so we'll do this again sometime. But thank you for listening. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for submitting your questions and for calling in. It's such a treat to do this. It really is the highlight of my week. And I look forward to hearing from you in the future. Go to askjulieryan.com for information on how to call in, all the numbers, sign up for the newsletter, sign up for an appointment. I would love to have a whole hour to spend with you one-on-one. And I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. By the time you hear this, Thanksgiving will be over. Go out and go for a walk. (laughs) I'll burn off some of those calories we're all about to eat. And uh, and see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Take
0: care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us.